everybody. Welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzapfel, with me as always, and alongside me this time, in an, another old-school style recording session, um, is George Rogers. Back from the dead. He's back. He's the man behind the mask. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there'll be no uh, blipping and blooping today, since we're actually doing this in person on mm-hmm. my phone like we used to do. Uh, and guess what, everybody? We called an audible. <laughs> so Terminator's going to get pushed probably out to the summer. So Again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we decided to do uh, a movie that George and I saw this past Friday together, uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, um, the new Nicolas Cage, John. And, uh, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, after we saw it, I was like, fuck it, let's just record this, right? So mm-hmm. here we are on a lovely Tuesday uh, evening. Um and uh, here we are to do this. Um, yeah, that's that, that's about it. Um, I don't any uh, any other topics I'll hold for the end. Um, you know, we're. Uh, I don't think there is any other topics. Well, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are your your hopes and aspirations for Doctor Strange this week? But we'll wait till the end. Right. Since it's the next show, it's the next movie we're going to be recording. Yeah. So. Uh, um, we'll wait till the end, end though, so. But uh, let, let's get right into this. I mean, nothing else is really uh, going to happen. I mean, there's there's this weird rumor out there that Doom Patrol got canceled, um, but we haven't been able to confirm it, so I think it was a, I think it was a fake report. Um, and let's hope, fingers crossed, that that's not true. Because, um, as you guys know, we're big fans of the show, so. Um, but let's, uh, let's mm-hmm. get into this. Um, <laughs> George. Yeah. Where'd you first see this movie? Uh, opening night. Yeah, you, you and Amy were, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um then I went to uh then I went to Longhorn afterwards. How was that? It was good. Nice. They uh, they didn't cook Amy steak right, so she sent it back and I knew it. I'm like, oh I hope you like spitting that steak. Yeah. But no, nah, it was alright though. Good, 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 good. Uh I saw this with you on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um and uh it was really good. So uh oh now I gotta go on. I mean that was I mean, I was champion for this movie as soon as I saw the trailer. Oh, yeah. And, and, and heard that it was coming out. I was like, uh, all right, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, uh, released uh, April 22nd, 2022, uh, with a budget of $30 million and a box office of $16.7 million, directed by Tom Gormikian. Gormikian? Gormikian. Written also by him and Kevin Etten. Uh, starring Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal, Sharon Horgan, Tiffany Haddish, Ike Barinholtz, Alessandra Mastronardi, uh, who is hot, uh, Jacob Sc- uh, Scipio, and Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, George, you want to take us away? Yeah. Hollywood actor Nicolas Cage is struggling with his career after being passed over for several major film roles and is constantly pestered and tormented by Nikki, who appears to him as his younger self and more successful self. His relationship with his ex-wife Olivia and daughter Addie is also marred by years of emotional neglect. Following an embarrassing and humiliating event at Addie's birthday party and losing a key film role, Cage plans to retire from acting. He decides to accept a vague offer of $1 million from his agent Richard Fink that involves going to Mallorca to meet Playboy billionaire Javi Gutierrez to be the guest of honor at his birthday. So somehow Nicolas Cage was able to pull off this role of being an actor who is struggling financially and is just taking whatever comes across his plate. 
-hmm. somehow, oh, excuse me, Mm -hmm. somehow he was able to pull off this massive achievement. Yeah, somehow. I don't know. I'm a little disappointed that that his, that they went with a a fake um, child for him and didn't just bring in somebody else and name him Kal-El, like his actual son's named. Oh, 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 I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but this younger version of stuff that he's pestered by is basically how he looked in the movie Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's wearing a t-shirt that says Wild at Heart on it in case you were confused. Because it's based off of the appearance on the... It's based on the appearance on that talk show where mm-hmm. he came out and did like the front flip and, and just threw money at And people. just flung money out into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was, now, did he, did he do the... Did he also play younger Nick, Nick Cage too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all they did was just de-age him. Okay. Well, I mean, sometimes they'll do a body double. And, no, I'm and, pretty sure it was him, especially uh, it's one part later in the movie, but I, I, <laughs> I, digress, I digress. So as soon as this movie kicks out, it's just him driving his car, and then he just yells, which the when the, the first one Amy and I saw that, we're like, shit, that's Dean. <laughs> like, like, it was like, you know, then he, you know, he's, he's got this meeting with, uh, with the director for a movie, which is cameo appearance by David Gordon Green. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the original idea for this was he was going to be hunting down Tarantino to get a role in his next movie. Hmm. But they... Yeah, opt- told me that. yeah, but they opted against... Uh, I, I, guess I think that would have been better. It's yeah. not like David Gordon Green is a really prolific director. Yeah, but Tarantino's probably like, nah. Oh, I got yeah, well, my head is huge. Yeah, yeah, you see my head? head? It's huge. Huge, guys. Huge. But, 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 just so there's no, but, but just so you know that there is a difference between this fictionalized Nicolas Cage and real Nicolas Cage, the Nick Cage portrayed in this movie has a K on the end of his name. So it's N I C K Nick, not N I C. Oh, is it really? As he goes by, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, the little subtle differences. There. Wow. And uh, and Neil Patrick Harris plays his manager, and it's just it, and to me, I'm looking at that, I'm like, this is the return of Barney Stinson. Mm-hmm. You know, just just pure MP. You know, they go to that massage and just getting beat the shit by uh by those branches. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's. And they, oh my god! That I, oh my god! That's Barney Stinson. I would never want to do that though. Yeah. That's something Nicholas Cage probably definitely does though. Probably. He's like, yeah, just uh, just yeah, hit me uh, with the just, just hit me with the, the branches, uh, you know. Uh, Hi, uh, fucking y'all. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <Next. Go. laughs> <laughs> so he's got this vague offering. Doesn't really know what to do. So he's but you know he he got turned down for the role with David Gordon Green. Then goes to his uh, daughter's birthday party where he yells out again and drunkenly plays a song on piano <laughs> about going to the Grand Canyon. It's a Grand Canyon and you know, we watch the sun come up. But also before this, he, we see he has the neglectful relationship with his daughter as they're at therapy. And he was like, oh, we're watching The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which is apparently a movie from like 1920. Is it? That is just German and insane. Uh, but he loves it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, Upon meeting Javi, Cage is initially annoyed by his neediness and insistence that they create an improvisational movie based on a script he wrote. But is soon inspired by Javi's determination, the two quickly bond over their surprisingly shared love of films such as The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Paddington 2, the latter of which Cage watches for the first time with Javi. Soon after, Cage is confronted by CIA agents Vivian and Martin. They suspect that Javi, who they claim made his fortune through arms dealing, is behind the kidnapping of Maria, the daughter of an anti-crime politician, with the hope that he will drop out of an upcoming election. Despite his insistence otherwise, Cage decides to help the CIA with the mission. So before the actual movie starts... 
So before the actual movie starts, we get that scene where it's it's that the girl Maria is mm. watching Con Air, mm. and she's like, "Oh, like you know, she's obviously a huge Nick Cage Nick lover. Cage. Nick Cage, you know, before she gets taken out while uh, that song's title track plays mm-hmm. over the, not the Con Air theme, but that song, uh, How Do I Live Without You, mm-hmm. plays, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, and then, and then I think. I think there there was a really great line that they actually included from Con Air in this. There was this one. Welcome to the cum zone. That's for you, Chris. <laughs> All sorts of gowns are coming in Chris's mouth. Great. <laughs> Welcome to the cum zone. It's great. Hey, boner. Right. <laughs> so when Nick touches down, <laughs> when <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> when Nick touches down at the airport, uh, he's immediately seen by um, uh, by Martin and Vivian, who is Ike Barinholtz and Tiffany Haddish. I actually didn't even recognize Tiffany Haddish. Honestly, yeah. yeah, I actually forget she's actually bald. Is she? Yeah, I forget that she actually she just wears a bunch of wigs. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. thought she actually had hair. Yeah. And, maybe and I actually more. liked her in this because she wasn't yeah, over the top like she is in a lot of the other movies. Yeah. She was very like subdued. And Ike Barinholtz is just straight Ike Barinholtz. Oh yeah, you know, it never changed. I, I, I enjoy him. Mm-hmm. I liked him on Mad TV. Back I did too. Cast yeah, I did too. I was a fan I'm of him. Glad, I'm glad to see that he still has a career. Like I'm like most of the people. I'm like everybody too. else. Although Will Sasso randomly pops up in sitcoms. Yeah. No. But nobody else. No. I think, well, he actually, well, actually, no, Alex Borstein, because she's been voicing Lois on Family Guy. That's true. Since the inception, and she's also on that show on Hulu, The uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, is she? oh yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, she yeah. won't get Emmy for that. Yeah, so, you're right. So someone's no, doing good something. Yeah, yeah, good, good. All good stuff. You always like to see people kind of succeed, unless they're pieces of shit. Then you hope they fail. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Ted Nugent. Oh. He's a fucking clown. Oh. Don't, 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 don't. Jeez. Like, so, so Nicholas Cage from Crudes 2. He's like, why the fuck would I have seen Crudes 2? I've seen Face Off. Like, yeah, that's a Nicholas Cage movie. Hmm. You know, and they want to use him since he's so close to the operation. And Martin's like, no, nah, the, the, don't get a civilian involved. But lo and behold, they end up getting, and they're convincing him. Um, after we get a nice little segment there where we get, where we see Javi and Nick Cage bonding over their love of movies you know, and they read the script, and Nick's like, oh, the script. You know, and, then, and then Nick goes off to another bar where he... What a laugh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> trying to do a thing there. So. But Nick goes off to a bar and has another conversation with his younger self, Nikki, mm-hmm. which is a fucking bananas scene. Yeah. Especially when Nikki makes out with Nick Cage and then puts us as Nick Cage smooches good. <laughs> ridiculous ridiculous that's how I was like there's no body double that's Nick Cage kissing Nick Cage because mm-hmm. you can tell the way it's shot it's like uh, like it looks off but you're too busy being like is Nick Cage making out with himself I don't think Nick Cage is, isn't going to come in but like you know I really want to kiss a man today you know I, you know it'd be, it'd be awesome if uh, if I kiss Nicky my younger self uh, and then I'll say Nick Cage smooch is good <laughs> great Great. You want this cake? I want it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. We're back, everybody. Yeah. Everyone's missing us. Chris isn't here. We can be. Uh, we can beat the botrus. We can beat the what? The botrus. Oh. Uh, botrus, regardless, even when he is here. 
Chris, hey, boner. That's true. Chris, like, nah, settle down, guys. Hey, Chris. Welcome to the cum zone. Insane. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. After successfully rigging the cameras in Javi's <clears throat> compound, Cage attends a party where he announces his collaboration with Javi on a new movie as an excuse to stay on the compound long enough to find Maria. After a misadventure involving LSD. <laughs> they say misadventure. That was an adventure. Mm -hmm. there, was no, there was no miss about mm -hmm. that. Cage discovers that Javi keeps a shrine room dedicated to all his movies, including a wax figure of his character, Castor Troy, from the film Face Off, complete with identical golden guns. Cage finds it difficult to betray Javi, but Vivian convinces him to work the kidnapping into the script so he can potentially reveal where Maria is. So, another great scene is where he's, he's putting the cameras in, and then you know, there's someone coming, like, oh, put the disabling agent on your hands, so, you know, whenever you touch one, they'll be knocked out. And then he immediately touches his forehead, and he's like, wait, I think I just touched my forehead. Like, wait, you did what? Nah, wait, maybe I didn't. <gasps> and then, like, he makes that face that, uh, which is very similar to the face that he made in Face Off. Mm -hmm. At when, the beginning? At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, when he has his hands on the, the mm -hmm. girl's ass, yeah. Like, and then it's just <laughs> while Nick Cage is trying to is like trying to stay awake and like go back in the room and get the key and the the cameras out of it, all while trying to be undetected from another guy. And then he ends up passing out on the floor, and they're trying to get him to stay awake. And <laughs> Vivian just yells "action," and he wakes up and stabs himself with the antidote. Mm -hmm. and comes back to it. it's like insane insanity. So. Vivian sends him this uh, location where the uh, it's the like a mirror door where they think that the girl is being held mm -hmm. who's been kidnapped, but he's stopped by Javi who's like it's like oh I have here inspirations like and a little LSD and then he's like ah fuck it I'll do it so they take the LSD and they're in the car and they're both just staring and Pedro Pascal has that ridiculous look on his face where he's just. Just like an open mouth smile, mm -hmm. like not playing. He's great, man. Oh he my really god, he's such a great actor. He's so good. This is a, this is the best thing he's done this year. I said it. I said it. I don't know what you're trying to take a shot at. The Mandalorian. He didn't do the Mandalorian this year. He was in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, as the Mandalorian. Yeah. How about you back yeah. up? Yeah. And fuck your own face. Well, Truth hurts. It's not true. <laughs> uh, Chris thinks it is. Chris thinks Mandalorian's overrated. I believe it. He told me to tell you that. You know what I say to him? What? Fuck you. Oh. That's fair. <laughs> so while Also this. Fuck you, asshole. So, so while they're talking, while they're on LSD and they're talking about the movie and they're sitting there like, what if we, what if we incorporate a suspense angle? It's like, those two guys have been staring at us. They're like, yeah. It's like, wait, have they? It's like, I don't know. Quick, look back at them. How do I do it? It's like, do a fake laugh. And the fake laugh that it's Pedro Pascal does. so fucking obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're running away to climb over this wall. And they had this like intense dramatic scene that Nick has to leave Hobbit behind. And goes to the other side of the wall. And then it turns out they could have just walked around it. Mm -hmm. But then they see identical people. And yeah. they think it's the same people. So they jump in the car. It's like, I can't, I can't drive on drugs. He's like, yeah, you can. I saw the feature for gone in 60 seconds. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he ends up hitting like a row of bicycles, another car, like all while driving. But the best thing is when Vivian texts him to go, oh, did you find the location? And he's like, not yet. 
I'm on LSD. And she's just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they end up going to the room that has the the mirror door. And it turns out it's just a, a shrine in Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question for you is how jealous are you that you don't have that room? I am extremely jealous. That could be your room. It should be my room. It's... Except for it's all it's all memorabilia from Ghost Rider 2 Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, dear God. Is there memorabilia from that movie? I don't know. I haven't even seen the full movie. It's so bad. Oh, all right. Um, <clears throat> it's about this ghost who rides a motorcycle. The only scene and I've he's, seen... And he's uh, possessed by the spirit of vengeance. The only, the only scene of that movie I saw was when he was freaking out on the girl in the van. And I was like, I don't need to watch Russ. Like, I'm, I'm done here. I'm done. We're, 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 we're done here. I like the first one. Don't you, though? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so do I. Good. I thought Peter Fonda was raised in Mephisto. Mm-hmm. You can't see it, but we just uh, we just pointed, like the meme of a. Uh... Does find to me as uh, coming is, you know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. Or in Chris's case, the man. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect. You're going. You're 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 going to get us canceled. No. You you might. No. You might. How? Uh, you know. Jesus Christmas. That was that was that was just bananas, my friend. Anyway. (laughs) Lord. Oh man. This is so good. So good. Alright, George. Alright everybody, I'm gonna see you guys later. I'm out of here. You're, you're an, in, you're an insane human. <laughs> you're insane. Take it back. But, I think, well, I, you know what I have to say about that. I don't care. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. Any hooser. <laughs> Cage explains his new idea to Javi, who believes that Cage is creatively bankrupt and has possible issues that he needs to work out. Javier brings Olivia and Natty to his villa from Lo- to his villa from Los Angeles. They are frightened and angered over what is happening. Cage tries to make amends with them, but they reject his appeal and accuse him of prioritizing his film career over his family. No. You don't say. No way. It's weird. Ha- Javi privately goes to meet with his cousin Lucas, who is revealed to be the true arms dealer and the one who kidnapped Maria. Lucas warns him that Cage is working for the CIA and pressures him to kill Cage or else Lucas will kill Javi. Cage begins to rethink his relationship. So, Cage is getting all this information mm-hmm. from um, from the CIA who thinks like Javi's behind everything. So, when he goes to bring in their family, mm-hmm. or when he brings their family, he thinks that they're being held for some sort of like hostage or, yeah. or some sort of... Uh, um, like tactic mm-hmm. to try and get because mm-hmm. you know, he, he's not sure yeah. what's going on. Yeah, because he doesn't because he has no <clears> idea what's going on because he's uh, he was told to not trust his nouveau schmantic instincts. Mm-hmm. and was told to trust the CIA, which he should never he should he should never go against his nouveau schmantic instincts. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. So they have like the, a really like awkward kind of lunch. Oh, 
with his family and he tries to you know make amends but it's clearly not working out and they're and they're not buying any of his shit but then javi goes and meets with his cousin and he finds out his cousin is the one who's actually behind everything and javi's just kind of um i'll say the fall guy but he's like the he's the face for the company so he's the face of like the, of the legitimate business while his cousin lucas is doing all the 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 dealings otherwise you know all the all the criminal activity and he had no idea of any of this. He, he he does all that too. <laughs> but that's the nouveau schmantic uh, yeah. acting so, style. So basically, um, what is his hair ever? <laughs> fake? I I don't know. He definitely had a dye job in this at the very end. Yeah, maybe that was because he it was the fictional version of his character. Because that's clearly not his real hair color. Yeah. Is that, being that or dark. maybe he did it because he was going to the premiere and he's just trying to look good. Yeah. But he dyed his eyebrows. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the schmantic uh, style. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so CIA has to tell Cage he has, to, you know, he has to murder Javi because now this thing has come to a head and his family's involved, and and that he's been made. And Lucas tells Javi to kill Cage so he can resume business because he knows Cage is working with the CIA, so they're hot on his trail. Cage and Javi have a standoff with each other, but neither can bring themselves to kill the other. Lucas sends his men after both, and they race back to the house to discover that Addie has been kidnapped. Cage takes Javi, Olivia, and Javi's assistant Gabriella to the CIA safe house, only for the house to have been compromised. Martin has been killed, while Vivian sacrifices herself to kill Lucas's men before they can ambush the group. With Javi's help, Cage and Olivia pose as a reclusive criminal couple to get close to Lucas. They manage to locate Addie and Maria, but are found out. However, Cage, Addie, Maria, and Olivia escape while Javi and Gabriella stay behind to distract Lucas. We have a actually pretty good third. And they actually mention the fact that it's the third act. Mm-hmm. Like when they you know, when they meet each other at the house, they're like, oh, we should go close for inspiration and see how the third act plays out. And it's like, you're just telling me what's happening right now, mm-hmm. right? But it works on so many levels. Like this, like we haven't really seen a movie like this. Where an actor is basically playing a fictionalized version of himself, like throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I, um, you see that on TV sometimes, where you, know, you meet a famous person, or, yeah. or yeah, well, like, a perfect yeah. example is Seinfeld. Yeah, he played himself, but it was more of a fictionalized yeah. version of himself. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's that would be a tough thing to really deep dive deep and be like, what ha- what movies? Well, Curb. Yeah, you know, enthusiasm. He's, he's yeah, playing the fiction. You know, Larry's playing yeah. fictionalized version. Of plus, all, plus all the actors he meets are essentially fictionalized versions of, their, of themselves, yeah, like Jason Alexander, basically the, Ted Danson. The premise of the yeah. whole show, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, basically, essentially, um, there was that one show. It, it was short lived, but it was uh, it was called "Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three. James Vanderbeek played a fictionalized version of himself. Oh, really? Yeah, like really <clears> arrogant. <throat> No, just, just a fictionalized version of himself. I mean, you, you see it whenever celebrities t- tend to make guest spots on, on yeah. sitcoms, but not one where it's like a long, drawn-out mm-hmm. thing. Like with, with Curb, that's what's so good about Curb is the fact that everyone's playing themselves, but amped up to 10. Yeah. So and that's kind of what, ma- that's, that's really what makes this work as well, is that it's Nick Cage. And even like his agent isn't his real agent. Like, yeah. 
Like, Nick Cage and David Gordon Green were the only actual people in this movie who were themselves. Yeah. But they had the stand-up. Nick's got the golden guns from uh, from Face Off, mm-hmm. which is nice to see him holding those again. Yeah. I don't know about you. Always. I'm disappointed there was no doves. Yeah, well, if it was John Travolta, it would have been. I'm sure John Woo was probably kept far away from this movie. He's like, no, we need doves right here. Let's get the doves. Probably. I don't even know what accent that was, because I wasn't trying to do anything. But... Yeah, after they're they're attacked at the cliffs, then they have to go back and they find that Cage's daughter's been kidnapped. Uh, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to see Martin's death. He was just kind of sitting in the chair, dead. Yeah, I feel like there were I feel like there, there were certain parts. Whereas this is a really good movie, I feel like there were certain things that were kind of cut out, maybe for time, mm-hmm. and that was probably something that was cut out. It's possible. Um, there was also apparently a scene where um, where Nick actually, I think he he fights his younger self. <gasps> Um, let me see if I can find it real quick because I saw it in the. Bear with me, folks. Yep, there we go. A sequence involving Nicolas Cage reprising some of his most iconic roles, like Face Off, Con Air, Leaving Las Vegas, and Gone Sixty Seconds, in a long black and white fight sequence between him and his younger self, in a surrealist German expressionist set evoking the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, was cut from the film as the studio thought it didn't fit the third act. According to Cage, the deleted scene will be released on home media. So that's something to look forward to, uh, which I am excited for. Because mm-hmm. maybe that's him actually as all of those roles. Fantastic. And I love it. So when did, so, so, so we also see the third time, the, probably the third and final time that Nick talks to Nikki, his younger self, where Nick is like, no, nah, what the, you know, what 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 the authorities handle it? You're an actor. You're not an action star, and that's when he's like, "Now I have to, you know, I have to, I have to save my daughter." And then he, um, that's when he realizes they, they, they're just going to pose as this criminal who no one's seen for 15 years. And God, Nick is extremely over the top. Of course he is. I mean, like like a li- even a little more over the top. Like I, I guess he was supposed to be Italian, but looked almost Mexican. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife infiltrate it, and then they find Addie and Maria. Um, they, they save them. Nick's surrounded by like five henchmen plus Lucas, and then Javi shows up. And Nick recites that line that he gave to David Gordon Green when he was auditioning for the role, which is like the exact, it was word for word, the exact same mm-hmm. line about uh, <clears throat> like getting shot in the head but still having time to fire, fire a gun with his trigger finger. But also, apparently, not only is Nicolas Cage an actor, but he's actually, like, an actual fighter, too, because he shot those people with no yes, problem for an actor. Yes, he did. But, um, Javi goes, so they're going to, they're going to leave, but Javi and Gabriella stay behind. Javi's got the golden gun. It's like, no, we're going to, it's like, it's like, I must stand up to my cousin once and for all. And he ends up getting shot, but he doesn't get killed from it. But he slows everyone down. Which leads us to Cage, Addie, Olivia, and Maria race to the American embassy with Lucas Stone pursuit. Upon arrival, Lucas holds Cage at gunpoint, but Addie tosses him a knife, which Cage used to take him out, transitioning into the movie that Cage and Javi completed, presumably based on their adventure. Cage is applauded for his new film and congratulates Javi before going home with his family to watch Paddington 2, now with a better relationship. Finn. Mm-hmm. So they crash into the embassy and the knife and his daughter throws the knife to him and he catch in, in one motion catches it and then stabs Lucas with it. And then it transitions into this movie based off of the events where Demi Moore is playing his wife. Mm-hmm. 
and it's insane because I'm sitting there and I'm I was I was I was telling Amy before we got to this I'm like wouldn't it be great if like this entire movie was just Javi's script mm-hmm. and then it turns into I'm like and we're both looking like this is insanity mm-hmm. like it was wild then he goes to the premiere and Nick has dyed hair dyed eyebrows a dyed beard and his skin is way too tan do you know what I'm gonna say about this movie it's brilliant yes but. It's almost like it is a better version of Goldmember. Yeah. Yeah. If you really think about it. Uh, it, it in the same vein of yeah. that style, but it, they, it was just executed better. Because yeah. Goldmember wasn't very good. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so we're at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Out of 10? We're at out of 10. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give it a 10. Really, you're going full. You're going. Full I don't. There's time. nothing about the movie I I disliked. I'm going nine because I think I think some of the I think some of the supporting cast could have been a little better. Um, but I don't think it takes away from the. I don't think it goes away from the film. I just think you know maybe with some with some bigger names it was also thirty. It was also made for thirty million dollars, so you're not gonna get mm-hmm. bigger names. I mean, like the biggest name. I mean, the the, th- the three biggest names in this movie were Nicolas Cage, uh, Pedro Pascal, and Neil Patrick Harris. Because mm-hmm. even the villain just didn't have like a. You know, he was. <clears throat> I don't want to say a nobody, but he's not a popular actor. Yeah, um, he just looks like yeah. uh, what's his face. But um, I th- and I and I and I told you I think I say I think this is my favorite Nicolas Cage movie now. It could be mine. Um, I really do love The Rock. The Rock has always been yeah. my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. But like but this was good, man. The like this movie was essentially meta, but it was the right amount of meta. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't go too far over the over the railing. It stayed just back. It was it was only like an hour and forty five. So there was no wasted movement. I don't think there's a bad scene in the entire movie. Do you think that at all? That's why I gave it a 10. Yeah. I, d- I just, I can't think of anything that would make me want to knock the movie. So. Right. Um, what's your favorite scene? Oh, uh, man. Is when Nick Cage is making out with himself? So Nick Cage smooches good. Mm-mm. Um. Nothing? You got dead air here? yeah well while you're thinking um, my favorite was when Javi and Nick are uh, on LSD and they're trying to climb over the wall and it just turns into this emotional like over the top nonsense where they're just trying to save each other or he's trying to save Javi up over the wall and then it makes it seem like it makes it seem like they're just yeah like that's Mm -hmm. it and then they're just on the other side of the wall. Yeah, it was just like all they do is walk around it. But it was great because it was just like this this really weird moment where they're both just banged out on LSD, pretending to escape from bad guys in the movie that they haven't even written yet. It's just it, it, it's great, like like pure imagination. I love it. I, you know, when we were recording this, I was like, yeah, that's probably my favorite scene, and now I can't think of it. So. Um... So I'll go with. I got nothing, guys. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> the thing is, I had it when wow. we were, when we were rec- when I had it while we were mm. in the middle of the recording, and now I can't remember what I what is it was. It, is it when he was uh, trying to stay awake after he put the disabling agent on his forehead? Actually, that's it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow, I can't believe I drew a blank on that scene because yeah. I just thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. So we discussed this privately. Now we'll do it on a. Uh, on 
Oh, is this your on, pitch for the sequel? On, on, on tape here. I say do a sequel, but do it with Nick, but, but, but do it with John Travolta. I think it's a brilliant idea. And then you have his younger self either be Vinny Barbarino or his character from... Um, Staying Alive. Or Staying Alive, Saturday Night Fever. But then I, I thought about this the other night. I want to strut. I thought about this the other night. At the end of the movie, have him be like, you know what I want to do? Strut. And then you have present-day John Travolta and past John Travolta strutting down Times Square. It's brilliant. beautiful. It writes it's itself. It's brilliant. It writes itself. It's brilliant. But, um, yeah, I, I thought this movie was great. I can't wait for it to come out on home release because I'm going to add it to my collection. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed yeah, it Yeah, I want to see those deleted scenes. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> so. All right, so that was the unbearable weight of massive talent. Now we'll get oh, into... Oh, wait, wait, wait. We, what? Oh, I gave it... We did our grades. Yeah, That's right. That's right. Yeah. My mistake. I, I forgot we, we did them already, so... So that was... So that was the unbearable weight of massive talent. So now let's get her into. We got Doctor Strange coming up this weekend, and mm -hmm. we're both reviewing it, and we're yep. both seeing it. And Chris will be joining us. Eh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the cum zone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what? So now let's get into some predictions. Mm -hmm. Dean, I think we both have some pretty high hopes for this movie. Um, <clears throat> do your high hopes stem off of the fact of what we saw from No Way Home? Or were you always kind of amped up for this, even when they announced the name? Well, I was always amped for it mm -hmm. um, because I was a, I, I like Doctor Strange as a character. I always have. Mm -hmm. um, so when I, since I got into Marvel Comics, right. you know, that was 2022, right? So yeah. we'll say 15 years ago, hypothetically, you know, we'll say mm -hmm. around there when I actually really got into Marvel, not just the X-Men and Spider-Man growing up, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. <coughs> um, so, and then when, when Raimi came in when they when when derrickson stepped down i was like you got me yeah i mean i love most of Raimi's films i love the, mm -hmm. i love the spider-man movies even three i think yeah. three is a decent movie i love the evil dead movies i enjoy drag me to hell uh, uh i didn't at first mm -hmm. but I, I it's a movie that's grown on me over the years i thought oz great and powerful was pretty good too so mm -hmm. um i mean i'm 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 a Raimi guy and Raimi's a comic book guy like he knows and loves comic books so mm -hmm. um and again, I love the first one, and I I really do love No Way Home. While it has dropped in the last six months since it came out, mm -hmm. it's just it's dropped from I had it at two, I've dropped it to like seven. I think the seven's a more better spot for it. Right. Um, but um, it's still a great movie, and I, I just got more excited for the movie coming out of No Way Home. Um, and then of course, all the trailers have, have has made me really excited for it. So yeah. Um. Like I said, I'm I'm hope one I I think and I or maybe I might be hoping more. I hope this is like Raimi's crowning achievement because mm -hmm. Sam Raimi hasn't done anything in like ten years. This is his first movie since 2013, I think. I mean, you say like his crowning achievement, but he did give us Spider Man too, which is probably one of the best comic book movies. Ever well, made. yeah, but I'm, that's what I'm, but uh, I'm saying is like I mean, the, if like, anything, that would be. His, I mean, if if anything, this would be his return to prominence. Well, yeah, but I I, yeah. I just feel like it'd be it'd be great to like, um have him just come back to the genre and just give us a fantastic film you know what i mean yeah and just be like you know, which i think he will be i have no doubt i mean listen it's the mcu man mm -hmm. it's like one out of every 10 movies that i'm not gonna like mm -hmm. it's really what it line what it lines up and i mm -hmm. and that was like that was last year at black widow so uh i think the next few movies i'm gonna enjoy and you well. also have eternals then you'll say eternals I, wasn't that good it's okay like there are parts that i like there my biggest problem with eternals was it's too long mm -hmm. um but I don't. I don't hate the movie. It was just kind of there. Right. It's just kind of like okay. Enjoy. Here's a here's a thing. We'll see you in Spider Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. was just kind of there. I don't hate it though. I don't hate it like Age of Ultron or 
Black Widow or anything like that. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I'm a. I've always been. A, I mean, I'm. A, I've. I've. As soon as they said that they had Sam Raimi, I was. Uh, I was on board. Mm-hmm. All the way. I mean, I. I'm a. I love the Evil Dead series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spider-Man movies were great. Dark Man is a. Is oh a, yeah, is a Dark classic. Man. That's one of those. That's one of those pillars yep. for me. Uh, the Quick and the Dead is one of the best. Oh, I always is, forget that. Is, is, is I think one of the best westerns ever made. I always forget that's a great um, movie. I mean, so, so I th- so I was I was on board. Plus, not only not only did you get Sam Raimi, but you also brought back the combination of, of Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman mm-hmm. doing the score. So mm-hmm. I think this is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Elfman. I, Elfman's the type of guy where I think if he's not paired with the right director, his music doesn't work. Yeah. Like with with Burton. His music works with Burton. His music works with Raimi. Like, it doesn't work for, like, the Justice League movie or yeah. other... Like, he did Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Didn't work for Age of Ultron. So, oh, so you're saying his music didn't work with Joss Whedon? Yeah. Shocking. There you go. Who'd have thought? But, but what I'm saying is, like, yeah. you know with Elfman and Raimi, mm-hmm. they're going to blend together really well. So, I'm... Because I'm, they did the Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. And I, I love Elfman's score for the Spider-Man trilogy, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. Um, and, we, and, of course, we love his, his Batman score. Even Returns. The movie's yeah. not very good. The score was... Uh, still bright and, at points. I mean, got a little too, little too like Burtony. Burtony. Well, but, that's because he had to go along with what Burton was doing. Yeah, so. but it was still it's still a really good score though. So. I mean, I'm a big I mean I'm a big fan of Supernatural, Marvel. Like, mm-hmm. well, Supernatural comic books in in, in general. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the especially Doctor Strange's DC counterpart, John Constantine. Now, you can give me a a Constantine movie directed by Sam Raimi. I've always considered Doctor Strange's multi uh, counterpart to be Doctor Fate. Mm, I guess in a way, but yeah, pro- probably. Because Constantine was created in, I think, like '88 or '89. Yeah, by Neil Gaiman. So well, that doesn't mean that they're not essentially no. similar. But I, 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 like, I think there's more yeah. like, um, yeah, they're sim- They're definitely similar, yeah. though. Yeah, they're definitely similar. But I've always kind of mm. assumed, well. I wouldn't say counterpart. I mean, Marvel did what they do best, and that was rip off DC characters. Yeah. But um, hey, man, I hate to, look, Doctor Strange has got two movies, and Doctor Fate has literally hasn't even been made his big screen debut yet. So, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? Um, although, although it does look good, considering how it's Pierce Brosnan. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So, um, but yeah, um, I just, I think it's gonna be good. Um, you know, <clears throat> we George and I scour Reddit. We and that's scour, but I don't scour. Reddit. We go on Reddit. You scour Reddit. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at like boobs most of the time, <laughs> but like we go on Reddit. It's, yeah. it's just like I wouldn't say scour. Like we we like you scroll through Twitter and you're like, oh fuck, here's a, a picture. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't look a lot unless it's a movie I'm not looking forward to. I might look for leaks and spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you come across a couple stuff, we're not going to spoil it for you guys. You know, all fucking you know, two of you. I will. Uh, Shaq's verse of steel shows up. Yes. <laughs> uh, David Hasselhoff's Nick Fury. Nick, uh, Nick Fury shows up. Don't tease. <laughs> but um, look, I'm, I'm excited for the cameos that I I know about. Um, I'm, exci- I'm excited for the cameos I don't know about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm just excited. I think it's gonna be a great movie. I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna top the first one. Was so good though, man. It's so good. But I, I think it'll be one of those movies I put in my top ten. Right. I have no doubt about that. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, when are you seeing it? Thursday. What time? Seven. Okay, I'm seeing it at three thirty. I keep thinking I might want to try to change it. See if I can get like a three o'clock show. Just to get that first show. That'd be kind of cool. Right. But um, 
I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. So there's also a part of me that wants to go to like the AMC and Cherry Hill. Like I keep kind of trying to think like which theater do I want to see it at? Do I actually want to go IMAX or I want to, you know, so, um, but I, I'm right now currently seeing it at three 30 in Morristown on Thursday. So, um, looking forward to it. That was me. Playing oh, those, so. those, those are cat um, here? Looking forward to it. We're going to record. Uh, I think Chris has seen it Friday night. Mm-hmm. So I would assume somewhere between either a Sunday night, Sunday, or, or hopefully Monday, we can get mm-hmm. uh, the recording. Well, in. Sunday nights is, is backlash, so I don't know. Oh yeah. I mean, I got to work anyway, so I'll probably just watch it when I get home. Mm. But well, we'll f- hopefully, then hopefully Monday night we can yeah. get it in, so we can get out to you guys. Um, but uh, I know Chris is coming everywhere about the movie, so. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think right now, I, I looked today, because the premiere was last night, it was, last I checked here, it was sitting at a 78% of Rotten Tomatoes, not that I care, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of people who don't read comic books trying to tell yeah. me if a comic book movie's good or bad, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, ca- <clears throat> I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to poo-poo any, uh, yeah. any, uh, any, any movies, but I think the reason why No Way Home was right as high as it was, was because of mm-hmm. Toby and Andrew, mm-hmm. and the past, and the past, I, and, I and, completely agree. And the past villains. Um, is, I, is I, it I, a great movie? Yeah. Yes. But, but I, th- I, I think it pushed $2 billion because, because people wanted to see these older characters. Yeah. You know, I think, I don't think this movie would yeah. have made that much money if so, this was just going to be him fighting, you know, Craven the Hunter or fucking Frogman or whatever. You know what I mean? Frogman? I'm yeah. a frogman. But it's like, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think, um, I, and listen, I'll, I'll say it straight up. I think with the, with the way, the, the cinematic year that Marvel had last year where they're, the movies, like most studios, didn't make a ton of money, you know. Um, Bond, even though Bond did not make a profit, but Bond still had a big box office. Um, and No Way Home were the outliers of last year, you know what I mean? I think, I think, I, and, I, and I've said it before, I, I, know I've, I know I've said it before, I've said it to you guys, I've said it on air, that if, if opening week, we would have had a massive opening weekend because everybody would have thought that Toby... Andrew were in that movie, but mm-hmm. if it would have came out that they weren't, that movie would have been DOA after week one. Oh yeah, week two at the most. So, is it a great movie? Yes, but I think it's propped up for the fact that you, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you got those all those cameos yeah. from the previous yeah. previous films. Yeah, so. you got, it, um, it. It basically rode the nostalgia wave. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No, I enjoy it because I it, I mean, hey, if it, it's done yeah. right, which I do think it was done right with No mm-hmm. Way Home. Done right with afterlife. Right. It'll know. be it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I know like Thor: Love and Thunder is the next MCU movie that comes really out after this. What's that? I'm really looking forward to yeah. that. Yeah, which I know like we're I mean, which I know like the teaser trailer look good, but it'll be interesting to see what that movie does without the prospect of nostalgic cameos. I don't think because I'm... because because Doctor Strange I think is is where where I think it's going to be a good movie. A lot of people are like, because they gave us to Patrick's, because they teased Patrick Stewart's voice in the trailer. Mm. So now people are like, shit, awesome, like the X Men. You know, we're getting this. So I think it's gonna ride. So I think it's gonna ride that. I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm. But Thor isn't gonna have that. It'll just have the fact that it's Thor, and then you have the Guardians. I, I think Thor four is gonna make a billion dollars too. I'm sure because I think um, I, there are a lot of people out there, including me. I know Chris likes. I I do enjoy Ragnarok. Um, again, I, the humor mm. is something that doesn't really land us. On repeat showings, but the humor is really toned down to compared to like a movie like Jojo Rabbit, which was awful. So it was like modern day humor in like 1940s Nazi Germany. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just like this doesn't make any sense. It's just so like 
Family Guy-ish. And not that I don't want to knock Family Guy, but I don't think Family Guy's been funny for, like, ten years. So, um... Because it's just the same humor. but So I think a lot of people are going to fly. Plus, like, you'll have me probably go to multiple showings because it's Cosmic Marvel. Yeah. So, I mean, you got me hook, line, and sinker when you're dealing with the Cosmos. So, mm. um, But we'll talk about that in a couple months when we uh, we start getting closer to that. So, uh, I mean, truthfully, we should probably add that into the, the docket of, of reviews. I think we're actually only midway through July anyway, so I'm sure we could shake some shit up. I'm sure. Um, so... Um, but anyway, everybody, I think that's, that's, that's it for today. Uh, we'll see you next week for Dr. Strange into the multiverse of madness review. Um, and I'll put something up after I see the movie on, uh, our Instagram page. Like I always do, you know, initial thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but that's it. Um, you know, obviously check us out on here. We'll get back to bond eventually. Uh, Biggie Garrity's on a hiatus right now for the month of May. Um, and then I, so the only other place you're really going to see us until we bring back bond is the hot tag. Yeah. Uh, well, you definitely see George there. Uh, I, I did miss this past, uh, last week's episode. Um, I'm planning to be on tonight's episode unless I, I don't know, Poop. get a raging boner and get fisted. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming. Um, but, um, <laughs> plan to be on tonight's uh, recording. Um, so that's where you're pretty much outside of here. You're going to see us there. So, um, anyway, Chris, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> the disrespect the disrespect <laughs> anyway everybody uh, I've been Dean Holtzaffel I'm still George Rogers and I've been waiting for months to finally get to this we'll see you in the multiverse of madness I've been waiting for months for that since we've been coming up on it good job thank you <laughs>